Welcome to Loving People to the Cross. I'm Pastor Tom Crandall. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. I hope and pray that this word from the Lord encourages you and uplifts you in your spirit. And I hope it draws you to walk closer with Him. Remember, after the podcast, stick around for one more message from me, your host, Pastor Tom Crandall. God bless you, my friend. Well, good morning. We're going to try this again. Okay. It's good to see everybody this morning. I want to invite you to, to take your Bibles this morning. I want you to go to the book of Psalms, the 25th chapter. The 25th chapter of the book of Psalms. And I want to give you an outline here. David in this chapter pleads out to God not only for forgiveness of past sins, but sin in general. He shows here that he wasn't ashamed to admit that he was a sinner. And we see that often about David. We see that he wasn't ashamed to admit that that he was a sinner. But in this chapter, we see that he puts his attitude and his heart in such a place that he says, I'm hurting, Lord, and I'm crying out to you. And I know oftentimes in our personal walks, we come to that point, but not only does David admit and plea for forgiveness, he finds it. And he demonstrates by his words here that he is broken over his sin. This morning, I want to ask you three simple questions. And all three simple questions should have simple answers. Y'all pray with me. Father God, this morning, Lord, is I come to You, Lord, humbly, and I ask You to move me out of the way. Lord, let Your Word be spoke ever so true. Father God, I ask You to lead us, guide us, and direct us this morning. Father God, if there's one under the sound of my voice that does not have a personal relationship with You, Father God, I ask that they get it right today. Father, if there's one that has wandered from You, Father God, I ask that they get it right today. Lord, we love You and we praise You. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, Amen. We're going to read quite a bit this morning out of the 25th chapter of Psalms. We're actually going to read this whole chapter. Amen. And if I was going to title this message this morning, I would simply title it, I Need You. Y'all begin with me in verse 1. It says this, Under Thee, O Lord, do I lift my soul. O my God, I trust in Thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on Thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy, thy ways, O Lord. Teach me Thy paths. Lead me in Thy truth and teach me, for Thou art God of my salvation. On Thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, Thy tender mercies and Thy love kindness, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions according to Thy mercy. Remember Thou me for Thy goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore will teach the sinners in all the ways. The meek will He guide in judgment. The meek will He teach His ways. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep His covenant and His testimonies. For Thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Remember that word because we're going to come back to that in just a moment. Pardon my iniquity. I love that word. It is, 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 is unique in its own way. What man is it that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. 
His soul shall dwell at ease and His seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear and He will show them His covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord for He shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me and have mercy upon me for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. O bring me thou out of my distress. Look upon my affliction and my pain and forgive all of my sin. Consider my enemies, for they are many and they hate me with cruel hatred. Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in Thee. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on Thee. The first question I want to ask you this morning, are you broken over sin. Do we find ourselves pleading with God and saying, Father, I've sinned against You and I've sinned against heaven. Yesterday, Amber and I was at Presbyterian and as we sat there and we listened, this gentleman began to, to preach a simple sermon on the prodigal son, one that, that we're all familiar with. And I thought in the back of my head, it's unique that he says that because that's kind of what one of the outlines that I have for today. And I listened to him and he made some points that I had never heard before. I've heard that sermon preached many, many times. But I want you to understand this about the prodigal son. No matter what he had done, no matter where he had been, no matter what he had been through, his plea for forgiveness from the Father did not define his Father's ability to forgive him. Isn't that unique? That, that no matter what he had done, no matter the sin that he committed, no matter what he had done, he, he stood back and he said, Father, forgive me for I've sinned against you and I've sinned against heaven. It did not define his father's ability to forgive him. I'm standing before you this morning and I want you to understand this, that David knew that. David knew without a shadow of a doubt in his heart that no matter what he had done, it did not stop the mercy and the grace of the Father from being able to forgive him. It did not. And this morning, I want you to hear me and I want you to understand what I'm fixing to tell you. Your sin does not define His ability to forgive you. If there's one among us that says they are without sin, the Bible says they are a liar and the truth is not in them. That's what the Bible says. It also tells us that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, I hear people all the time and we talk about righteousness. And, and, and I remember as I began to read early on in my, my Christian walk, there was this verse that stuck out to me. There are none good, no, not even one. We think about Scripture oftentimes and, and we think about our plea for forgiveness. And I thank God for that forgiveness. I thank God for the cross. I thank God for His Son, Jesus, who went to die on that cross because if it was not for the cross we would never get it right. 613 laws, 10 commandments, you missed one, you've missed them all if it hadn't been for the cross. Thank God for grace. Amen? Thank God for His mercy. I'm going to say that again. Your sin does not divine His ability to forgive you. This morning, this is probably probably one of the most simplistic messages that the Lord has laid on my heart, but it was one of the most difficult messages as I began to experience some things this week. I laid in the bed Monday night and Tuesday night, and Carrie will tell you I was not myself. Y'all know me. I'm always talking. Amen, Waylon? 
I mean, I'm always cutting up. I'm always, always pretty much me. I, I like to, to talk and communicate. And she looked at me at one point and said, are you okay? And all I could say was, no, I'm not. Because God began to show me things in my life, in my personal walk that I needed to do different things that I had to fix. And believe it or not, preachers have to repent. Believe it or not, Sunday school teachers have to repent. Believe it or not, right where you're sitting this morning, you have to for realize forgiveness has to have repentance. Amen? You have to repent. And I think a lot of times we make it difficult when we begin to talk about repentance, we begin to, to talk about being broken over sin and broken over things that we've done. Listen to me. Have you spoke too harshly to someone this week? Have you had a thought in your mind that shouldn't have been there? Was there this, this intrusive thought that came through your mind that just you shouldn't have had? Did you react in a way that you shouldn't have reacted? Can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen? Sin is sin that is sin. It doesn't matter what we label it. And David knew that. He knew that without a doubt, that sin was sin. We often read the 23rd Psalm and the 24th, and we get to the 25th, we read through it. And I actually told Mason we was going to focus in on verse 14, and I was wrong because the Lord changed my my heart on this. Verse 18 says, Look upon my affliction and my pain and forgive all of my sin. Not just a few pieces of it, not just certain things, all of it. I think oftentimes we have a problem realizing and coming to the understanding of what our sin is. But David began to cry out. The second question I want to ask you this morning, are you crying out? Are you crying out to God saying, Lord, I, I've sinned against You and I've sinned against heaven and I just I want to come home. I don't know what it is that I've, I, that, that's got my heart so heavy. I, I, I can't sleep at night. I'm tossing and turning. I, just, I, I want this, this to be over with. I want this to be okay. What is it that bothers you? Because... Maybe it's that secret sin that you have that nobody else knows about. Maybe it's that thing that you do or say or look at on your phone or, or, or the, the television that you watch. Maybe it's something of that nature that keeps you disconnected from God. Maybe it's something that, that pulls you away from Him. Maybe it's something that says, I want more of your time than what you can give to God because if I have your time, you won't give it to God. Are you crying out this morning? Are you crying out from your heart saying, Lord, I'm hurting, I'm broken. I don't know what's going on. I feel distant from You. I don't feel like we're connected the way we should. I don't feel like we're on the same channel, the same page. And sometimes I don't even feel like we're on the same wavelength. Are you crying out? I've heard stories of old of people who would cry out to God and would plead for forgiveness. Dale, if this altar could talk. Oh my goodness. If the altars could talk. If they could tell a story. I believe it would say people have spent time here. People have spent time on their face here. I've heard the cries of people. If these altars could talk. If the tear-stained 
carpet could tell a story, I believe the story it would tell would be that of I'm, I've, I've seen people's lives changed here. I've seen people's hearts changed here. I've seen people's walks changed here. I'm going to say something in just a moment and a few of you may look at me and go, I can't believe he said that. It's okay. I love you. Don't get upset with me. Take it up with the Lord. Amen? I've heard so many people say, and I've even said it, I've made that comment from this place, I could do that in my pew. I can repent in my pew. And the Lord showed me something this week as I studied for this message. You can. You can repent from your pew. You can ask for forgiveness anywhere. Amen? But excuses are made in pews. Did you know that? Excuses are made in pews. Sacrifices are made on an altar. Well, Tom, hold on a minute now. Wait, 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 wait. We we had Jesus. He went to the cross and we don't have to have the altar anymore. We don't have to do the burnt offerings. We don't have to do all this stuff anymore. Blah, 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 blah. We don't. Thank God for the cross. Amen? But the altar is where sacrifices were made. The altar was designed to lay it all down and give it to God. Yeah, Jesus is now our intercessor. Amen? He is now the one we go to, but the altar is where change takes place. You know, there's something unique about the altar. They would purify gold. And as they would purify that gold, they would stick it in the fire and they would pull it out and they would scrape the impurities off and put it in the fire again. Then they would pull it out, scrape the impurities off, and put it in again. They would pull it out and they would do this over and over and over again until they got the purest form of gold that they could get. Then they would either make jewelry out of it or then they would take it and sell it, whatever they had to do. But they would make sure that it was purified and that it was the purest form that it had. But on the days that they wasn't purifying gold, on the days that they didn't have to burn something up to get the impurities off of it, they made sacrifices to God. This morning, no sacrifice you and I can make would justify for another man or another woman or another child's sin. We could not atone or pay that sacrifice. That sacrifice has already been paid. That atonement's already been paid. The price was paid at Calvary. But this morning, I want you to understand that the altar is a place of change. It is a place of sacrifice. It is a place that is much needed revived in the church. The Lord laid this on my heart this week. And I remember, I think it was Tuesday night, I can't really remember, it was Monday or Tuesday night. I began to weep. I began to just cry and say, Lord, what are we missing? What is it that we're doing wrong? What is it that we're not getting right? What is it that is messing us up as a whole? What is it that we can do different? What is it that we can change? And the Holy Spirit simply said this to my heart, are you willing to take a sacrifice, be a sacrifice? Are you willing to make a sacrifice? Are you willing to change things in your life for me? Are you willing to do things different for me?
Because here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, we can do the same things over and over and over again and nothing ever change. Habitual habit is a rare form inside of the body of Christ. Do you all know that? It's a rare form. And it's in a rare heartbeat of the people who says, this is the way I've always done it. Why do I have to change anything? Because there's no sacrifice anymore. Well, you don't know that. You don't know what the, t- the, the time that I sacrifice away from my family to read the Word. You don't know the times that I sacrifice away from my, my wife and kids or my husband and kids so I could spend time in the prayer. You, you don't know, I'm not talking about those sacrifices. I'm talking about the things that so easily entangle you. You know, Ephesians 5 says, throw off every sin that so easily entangles you. Get rid of it. Get rid of the things that so easily entangle you that keep you bowed down to it instead of the Father. Sacrifice happens at the altar, ladies and gentlemen. This morning, I'm not preaching a message to try to lure you down so we can say, woo, the altar was packed. This morning, I'm preaching you a message that the Lord laid on my heart because we have forgot the altar. Been to churches where there's flowers on one end to the other and there's only a little walking space. I've been to churches that the altars are bare and they all have something in common. They're very rarely used. You can do it in your pew. But excuses are made in the pew. Lord, forgive me. I ask You to, to just forgive me of where I failed You, Lord. I'm going to try not to do it again. Amen. How many of us have prayed that prayer? Don't raise your hand. I'm just saying. How many of us have done it? Lord, I don't want to continue to do that anymore. It hurts me and I know that it hurts You. Amen. But time and time again, we make excuses to do it again. This morning, I want to ask you thirdly, are you willing to make a sacrifice? Are you willing to lay it down at the feet of Jesus? All the hurt, all the brokenness, all the pain, all the guilt, all of the shame, there is now no condemnation in those in Christ Jesus. Amen? So there is no reason why you should be full of shame and guilt and condemnation. None. Are you willing to lay it down? And time and time again, Christians have a habit of doing something. We have a habit of laying it down at the feet of Jesus only to pick half of it back up and take it back with us. That's not sacrifice. That's just giving Him a portion. That's only saying, I don't want to deal with the rest of this right now because that would be uncomfortable. I don't want to deal with all this other stuff right now because that would be too painful. C.S. Lewis said something so amazing. All the brokenness, all the hurt, all the pain, and all the guilt, and all the suffering that you have been through, and you're still not willing to truly trust Him. C.S. Lewis said that. All the pain, all the guilt, all the shame, all the hurt, everything you've been through, and you're still not willing to trust Him. How can you say that? I trust Him. My trust is in Him. My faith is in Him. Everything that I know and I've ever done is in Him. I know without a shadow of a doubt, I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you made a sacrifice? 
Have you laid it down at His feet and left it there? Let me tell you this. I remember setting down one weekend on a Saturday afternoon. And I told myself, I'm not going to do this again, I'm not going to do that again, and I'm not going to do this again. Three days later, I did all those things again. Lord, I'm tired of this. It hurts me and I know that it hurts You. I'm not going to do it again. Please forgive me. Please forgive me over and over and over again. And one weekend, Matt, I made my way down the aisle of that little church and I got on my face. The pastor had already prayed to dismiss church and I was still on my face. Because God was doing business in my heart. And I was doing business with God. Sacrifice had to be made. Sometimes you have to change habits. Sometimes you have to be willing to change. The baggage and life has handed you is not for you to carry. Say that one more time. The baggage that life has handed you is not made for you to carry. Are you willing to make a sacrifice? Are you willing to make a sacrifice? Verse 20 and 21 says, Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Can you imagine being able to say that this morning, ladies and gentlemen? Keep my soul and deliver me. I put my trust in thee. Some of you are sitting here going, I already trust the Lord. I know He's my personal Lord and Savior. It's not just about trusting Him as your personal Lord and Savior. It's trusting Him to know that every time you fail, He picks you up again. And again. And again. And again. Amen? There was a song that my mother sang one time right before she passed away. And it was called... Does He still fill the nails? And it simply said, does He still fill the nails every time I fail? And y'all, I I can't remember the rest of that song, but I remember that part of that song because I simply thought, every time I mess up, does He feel that pain again? And you know, the Word tells us if we continue to do the same thing over and over again, we might as well be, be publicly crucifying Christ all over again. Freedom came at a cost. Amen? Not only only did it come at a cost, but it it requires a sacrifice to be made. And I'm going to ask you this morning, and I'm, I'm going to ask you to search your heart because I don't want you to leave this place the same way you walked in it. This is a specific word for somebody because Carrie will tell you by Tuesday evening at probably what, 6.30, 7 o'clock, the Lord had wrecked my world this week. Are you willing to make a sacrifice this morning? I'm going to ask Miss Gloria to come. Brother Mike's going to sing from back there. Amen. Hey, it's Pastor Tom. I hope and pray this message touched your heart. 
And maybe even today you're asking yourself, do I know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? You know, oftentimes in life we find ourselves in the mix of life. And life is hard. It's difficult. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and today you say, you know what? I want to do that. I want to accept Jesus. I want to know Him on a more intimate level. If that's you, my friend, today I want to pray with you. Simply just pray this. Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to send Jesus to come and dwell in my heart and to be the Lord of my life. I know that I'm in need of a Savior, and without Him, I would be nothing. Amen. My friend, today, if you prayed that prayer, I want to hear from you. You can email me at pastortomcrandall at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to send you a Bible. I want to send you some, some information on how to continue to walk with Christ. I love you, my friend. All the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you. God bless you.